Welcome to episode eight of the BAMcast. I'm your host, Baker Shields, and it is my goal to provide a platform where you can learn, grow, and evolve by any means necessary. This one is gonna be an absolute treat. I know I speak highly of all my episodes, but this one was amazing. I think you guys are gonna love it. We've got Jared Hamilton on the podcast, and in this episode, expect to learn about the inner game, his specialty in that area of dieting and exercise and weight loss and fat loss. The inner child, we talk about therapy. I even tear up at one point, and you guys might even get to see me cry in this episode, but it was so packed full of so many insightful thoughts from Jared and just a great conversation catching up with a friend. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Remember, the only way that the show is going to grow is if you share it with a friend. So if you've got a timestamp or something comes up for you inside of this episode, which I'm sure it will, if you just listen, please share it with a friend, please share the show, and... I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think as well. Without further ado, let's hop right in and talk to Jared. All right, man. So we I just cut you off mid-sentence so we can get into this. But you just switched therapists today. Jared Hamilton, yeah. tell me about that. Dude, I'm telling you. So I, I've been so I don't even know if you know this or not, but so I've been uh I've been I've been in therapy or some semblance of therapy, like whatever frequency, like started off with. You, you like, told me that you and Shelby have been in couples therapy and you highly recommend that, like even with no yeah. problems since the beginning, pretty much. Yeah, dog. It's why we don't have problems. Yeah. Um, I'm the biggest fan of a fan of that. I mean, here's the thing. I view therapists in the same bucket as coaches, mm-hmm. right? If you want your business to do better, you hire a business coach. If you want your physique to do better, you hire a fitness coach um, or a nutrition coach. If you want um, a buddy of mine is a big time is, is like working on his speaking. So he hired a speaking coach. Yeah. Um, I want my copywriting to get better. So I just recently hired a copywriting coach to w- literally proofread all my copy. So mm-hmm. It's the best hack and cheat code. So when it comes to therapy, though, I used to be the stereotype. I was a meathead who thought only psycho psychopaths and suicidal people go to therapy. Yeah. Well, I was wrong and um, I never thought I needed therapy. I'm, I'm the happiest dude you'd ever meet. I'm always positive. I'm always I've got a great life. All the things. Well, about so I started going to therapy three years ago or so. And it was just a mental checkup. My wife was already going to this therapist. Um, so I'm like, well, this lady already knows half about me because my wife goes to her and just learning yeah, about, she's hearing all other. the bad things about me. Oh, from... she's hearing, she's hearing all the stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll just, I'll just do a session with this lady. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I just want to make sure my, my headspace is good. I go, I have a lot of stress. I have a lot of responsibilities. And I know the more successful I become all things scale, which means mm-hmm. the problems scale as well. We're just training yeah. for different problems. So, I went there and I was just talking to her and, um, first ther- therapy session bald, like a baby, she hit something. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that was there. Interesting. And that started my journey in therapy. I've been in therapy for the next three years. And then like a lot of coaches, um, one coach usually isn't meant to be with you forever. It's, you know, one chapter yeah. closes and things like that. Well, this ther that therapist did great. I got a lot out of it and it changed everything for me. Well, today at the time of recording this, um, I started my first session with a brand new therapist. Uh, first of all, I have cried about seven times today, just nice. for the record. Nice, um, yeah. And, and here's the thing: for those that don't understand, like I've always, uh, like I grew up in a household that, like, you're a fucking bitch if you cry. Like mm-hmm. you are a like you you would have thought like I grew up in like an ex military house or something. Yeah. Well. The thing is the psychology behind healing and the psychology behind transforming your emotional and mental self is the old self has to be purged is kind of airy fairy as that sounds, which means, and this is why people go to like Tony Robbins events or, um, work in therapy. Um, there's usually 
um, issues in the, in the, the septic systems. Like I was recently at a Kyle Cease event, um, and kind of Tony Robbins kind of guy and everyone's having all these breakthroughs. Literally the next, he says at every event, the septic system gets all fucked up because everyone releases all these things and that everyone's in the bathroom because everyone's like shitting like a motherfucker because wow. Beca- I well, would because, not have thought that well, bro. The, the body holds, <laughs> the, there's so many books on the body keeps score and the, the, yeah. the, but we hold trauma in our body in these things. Well, for most people, you either go shit your brains out or what most people do is they cry. The reason though is because, excuse me, the, these things, these old identities, the, the trauma, whatever it may be, it has to leave you, right? When you have breakthroughs, it has to leave you. And the only way it can go is through your eyes. They've even done studies on this, bro, where like someone has a healing set, like a therapeutic session, they cry, they literally take the tears, throw them under a microscope. And it's not only tears, it's stress hormones. Literally, they will they will do a microscopic anal, anal, or analysis of the tears, and it's not just like salty tears. There right. are stress there are stress hormones, which means your body is quite literally purging this thing. Um, so I did switch therapists today, and bro, I'm telling you, this lady, she I, I was telling you, she's an assassin. Yeah. Um, what I what I'm looking for in a and I told her this today um, in a therapist is I want. I want more of a coach. My last therapist was great, but there's styles of therapy. Uh, my last therapist was very much a talk, a talk, did mostly talk therapy. Not a whole lot of like, do this, stop doing this. You're doing this in this. We're going to do this. It was more of like just getting me to talk through things, which is great. It's where a lot of people start. I almost want more of a coach. I want someone to go, you're doing it again. Stop being codependent. Nope. That's you invalidating again. That's you suppressing. That's you repressing. We're going to do this instead. Stop, sit with that, breathe. That's what I want. I want a coach yeah. of a therapist. <clears throat> more more um, kind of like hands-on or I it's, I don't want to say aggressive with a therapist, but more uh, kind of like aggressive and attacking your issues, you're saying? Yeah, I, I want aggressive. I actually <clears throat> thought about going to a male coach because I want or a male therapist because I want a little more aggressive. The cool thing with this lady is she's a beautiful balance of feminine and masculine energy. She's she like her energy of just holding space is incredible, but with all the confidence in the world, she's like, "Oh, hang on back up tell me that again what do you feel right now what's coming up for you sit with that like it, it, it's it's intense and uh wow and and with her with with this therapy session she literally dude like tied so many of the things that i struggle with like dude i'm talking about stuff from my childhood she found this one commonality that i never thought about because i thought this one thing was my issue and she goes well what's that make you feel like cool underneath that what's what's that and i told her, she's like awesome now what's that mean though and i and i'm and i told her and she goes that's it and then i told her about this other thing like in uh, how things in like business and then she goes is and she drew the parallel i'm like oh my gosh then to my family dynamic and she's like mm-hmm. she literally drew this parallel and i go everything from my biggest fears to my biggest achievements to relationship dynamics in everything came from this one thing. And I'm like, wow. And she got this from 50 minutes. Yeah. First time meeting me. And I'm like, this is just fascinating. And this is why I think everyone should go to therapy. If you have goals of any sort, they're probably rooted in some bullshit. This all, this all started from the one question. She goes, what's your biggest achievement? And it all started from that. And I was like, wow. Like, and it actually, what's funny is I uh, normally I can talk about my biggest achievement without getting emotional, Mm -hmm. but for some reason today I couldn't. And, but then she peeled that onion back and back and back and back and back and back and then found this one thing. And, I'm, and it was actually the inverse of what the thing was. And it's just, 
fucking crazy, bro. <laughs> That's insane. So what? So where do you? I mean, <clears throat> I, I've considered therapy a lot of times, and it's just like like you said, your, your problems just grow as you yeah. grow, right? And one of the things that and Mike and I have talked about this, I think we even mentioned it on the episode that I did with him was this is def like 2023 since we, I mean, we started AR basically like January 12th or 15th or something like that of, of this year. So like this full year has been starting and scaling this, this company that's, you know, it's grown massively and <clears throat> it's the biggest company that I've ever been a part of, you know? And so it's, uh, especially from an ownership perspective. So sure. it's like the, the problems that, that come up, the stressors, the, the hours, yeah. like everything. Bro, I messaged you at 11 o'clock at night as like a client. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, we work together with AR. So it's like, <laughs> but like the things that you, <clears throat> like you said, like as you're growing, the problems are growing too. So I, I've, I've thought a lot this year specifically about, about therapy. So how did you go about finding your therapist and, and yeah. um, the, the first one that you found um, other than, was it just like Shelby's using her? I should use her too. Or I know there's like there's a uh, um, resources out there like BetterHelp. Yeah, yeah. So um, there, so for me, I I literally my wife was already in therapy, so I'm just like I guess I'll start there, and I just hit a home run. Like I was like gotcha. cool, because sometimes people have to try out different therapists. It's just some people aren't the right fit, whatever. Um, now generally speaking, if someone people say ask me all the time like well where do i start i don't have a therapist find someone like if you have insurance insurance that has therapy as part of it look in your network and then yeah. just like it there's literally like a an ad it's like if i google indianapolis where i'm from indianapolis therapists it's literally going to give me a breakdown and i go well do i want male or female okay then i'll pick a gender or if i don't care yeah. i'll literally read through like what their specialization is because like, that's the thing is a lot of them specialize if you want someone that's really like they come at it from a complete religious perspective there's that if you want someone that specializes in couples stuff family dynamics um interfamily systems codependency like whatever the thing is um mm -hmm. or whatever the area is it's pretty it can be specialized um and whatnot but otherwise i think it's like anything else the biggest thing is just start um yeah. Most people spend all day like with it's like with anything else. They're like trying to craft the, the best plan and strategy. And then a year goes by versus yeah. that's you're another year closer to death. But you're also another year with your problems stronger. Something that I've been saying a lot is the longer you struggle, the stronger your struggle gets. Mm -hmm. So you got to kill this thing when it's small. So, yeah, well, that, that kind of brings me to, to really honestly my first quote that I wrote down because I think it's very, very relevant for you. You're really big into the inner work. I mean, your, your podcast, which is, you know, I feel like I'm talking to podcast royalty right now, um, <laughs> dieting from the inside out. He, you've got 291 more episodes than me, right? So I, can, I can pick up a, a few things from you here, but your, your big thing, right? Is, is dieting from the inside out. Like the, the yeah. name itself is talking about like how you can attack dieting and nutrition from a perspective of fixing yourself on the inside first, which I think aligns with therapy it aligns with the emotional side of what you're talking about. But a quote that I've got that I want you to, to consider is when it comes to emotions, you need to name it to tame it. Meaning if you can find the name of the emotion, you can address it and overcome it. My first, my, that what's funny is, um, I think the, the, one of the biggest things that we struggle with, with fixing problems is lack of awareness. And a lot of times when we name 
the pattern. Well, here's the thing, because there's a few layers to this. Anytime you can like point and label something, you're going to have a better time at handling it. One of the, in in the the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, one of the best things with developing new habits is it was, um, I think in the book he talked about the Chinese railway system came out with this point and label technique where they are not any move on the Chinese railway system. They have to like physically point and label and like explain in words like, like a door shutting person stopping and mm-hmm. it cut down on accidents by like 90% because wow. it, it caused you to have massive levels of awareness point and label the thing. Um, I know a lot of my friends who are deep in this work. They, um, when it comes to their emotional side, they, they do name it. They're like, they'll like, let's say mine's name is Jackson mm-hmm. or whatever, where when you're, it's like you start slipping into the old pattern where the emotions are taking drive the driver's seat or you're making bad decisions based on your emotions. Like, ah, oh, no, that's, that's Jackson. It's not Jared. Mm-hmm. Whereas at first I thought like that was weird when I heard people do that. But a lot of times it's where the problem is not you. The problem is the pattern. The problem is the emotion. The problem is the inner child. The problem is not you. The yeah. problem that most people struggle with is they think that Tony Robbins, I think says it best is you're not the problem. If you are the problem, your brain won't let you get rid of you. That's otherwise your brain's only about um, self self-preservation. But if you're the problem, you can't get rid of it because that means it would get rid of you and that can't happen. But if you're like, no, Jackson's the problem. My alter ego that worries and freaks out and is a fucking lunatic. That's the problem. Yeah. So when you have a bad day, ah, it's just Jackson where it's, there's no guilt, there's no shame. And there's, and it's the most important part is it puts you outside the pattern in the program. Because if you are in the program, you're on this vicious feedback loop. But when you are outside of the program, now you have power over it. Now you can go, oh, that's not me. That's the pattern. That's the emotion. That's the whatever. Because we have a tendency, something my therapist was calling me out for today, we judge our own emotions. We judge our own things from childhood where she was like, like she, like in today, if an example was she said something was triggering that I was working through. It was like I was getting really emotional. And she goes, what's coming up for you right now? And I, and I, and I sat there and I was trying to figure it out. And she goes, and she literally is like, I think you're judging what you're feeling instead of just telling me what you feel. And I'm like, yeah, wow. that's probably pretty accurate. Instead of just being, I feel like a failure, which was mine today was mm-hmm. the things I was struggling with. I found out that the root was failure and being terrified of failure. And I go, because, and I didn't realize that's what it was, but I was like, well, is it worry? Is it doubt or like shame? Like, what was it? Um, and the problem that was getting in the way was judgment of it because I thought, because I, the thing is the other piece with mine to like today that came out was shame. The, I didn't know this until she said it. Shame is not like I'm trying to think how to put it, how she put it. Shame is, is a, is a, you is, is an identity thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an, an attack on who you are when we feel shame versus like, oh yeah, I failed like the video game. But when we have shame, that like penetrates your soul, right? But if I can go, oh, it's just like, it's just Jackson, you know, my alter ego, then it's, it lets you separate it a little bit. So I'm actually a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's extremely well put. I mean, it's, to me, it's, it's like, I always tell people, if you can just become more self-aware, right? Like if you can just learn how to look within yourself and figure out what's going on in there. Like what, what is driving some of the decisions that you're making? What is the, mm-hmm. what is the thought process that you just went on to get to this point that you said you didn't like that you just got to this point, right? If you can just learn how to be a little bit more self-aware or, or introspective, you become so, so powerful because 
that is what helps you to name that emotion so then you can eventually tame it, right? So like you're talking about the alter ego thing. I was talking about figuring out like, okay, that is shame that I'm feeling, right? That is making me, you know, binge eat because I started this out last night and I, you know, mm-hmm. had a couple of drinks and then I had Whataburger and then that turned me down this entire just rabbit hole of now I'm going to start next Monday and I'm going to eat as much as I can until next Monday. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that type of thing. Um, but that, that is an even crazier insight of what you're talking about of talking is if you can actually name it, like talk about like, this is not, you know, Baker at its core or Baker, the version that I'm trying to become, right? Like the person that I really, really want to step into, or I feel like I am stepping into, this was the old version of him. Like that, that even is more powerful, I think. So I want to piggyback on that. So I actually, I wrote this down in my notes. Like when I have a content idea, I just write it down. Um, yeah. I, have a, I have an email that I'm getting ready to send to my list that I'm going to work, I'm going to be working on. It's, it's who's in, who's in charge right now or which version of you's in charge. Yeah. Um, because if you're, if it's the old self, it's the ego is the, the shitty version of you, then you're going to get shitty results. But here's the other thing, or, or it's the, the, the most optimal version, right? You can have that conversation. But I had a friend, um, the podcast I, I interviewed her is coming out here in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend of mine named Amy. She is a just, they, they have a, an insane business, coaching business and stuff. Um, and Amy went through cancer and had the one, a really nasty bout of cancer. Wow. And because of this like labeling thing, cause you can do it in the negative. Cause here's the thing. Law of polarity states, everything exists in the negative and the positive on both, both polarities of there's up, there's down, there's inside, there's outside, there's, forward there's backwards well if there's these things for the negative you can do it for the positive so she actually talked about she has an alter this uh, an alter ego she called an alter ego she calls cyborg because like a fucking machine and it's what got her through cancer because she's because to her cancer was disgusting it was horrible um and when she had to like go through treatment and while doing 75 hard while like doing all this crazy shit is she just went tapped into cyborg or uh, another gentleman that I um, that I that I talk about when he or that I that I've studied when in his career he's like okay I got to become this version of myself and you name it you know everything about it so you turn it on so it can work in both ways when I think about one of the, or let me take a step back when one of the most powerful quotes that I've ever heard that's impacted my life the most is by James Allen in one of the best books ever written called As a Man Thinketh written in like the 1940s um, and he says in life we don't get what we want we get what we are. Therefore, to get more, we have to become more. Well, that mm-hmm. is literally labeling the version of yourself you're trying to become. So if I slip back into shitty Jared, Jack, we'll call it Jackson, I guess, is becoming the thing. Yeah. What's Jackson do? Jackson lets emotions take over. Jackson's a victim. Jackson, all these things. Well, then I'm going to get Jackson results. But then I go, well, who am I supposed to be? Like, who is, who, whatever you believe in, what God create you to be? What's the highest potential version of yourself? Well, what's, we'll just call him Jared because that's who I'm supposed to be. Well, what's that version of me do? What's the successful fit millionaire, high achieving, most abundant, most impactful version of me do? Well, what's that person do? Walk, talk, act, feel, respond. Well, then you align actions with that and then it makes decision-making effortless. So you can do that on both sides of the fence, you know? For sure. For sure. Um, I I know you've probably shared this a, a bunch of times and this was one of the most like impactful things that I got from our weekend that we spent out in Naples, Florida. And I wrote it down in my quotes list, which is where I kind of keep like all my hardest hitters that I've ever heard. And I wrote down the idea of the coma letter. 
I made um, it to the I made it to the hard hitter list. You Let's did, go. bro. You did big time. <laughs> and so I, I I would love it. I don't know if you're. I know it's kind of like a lot of the things that you do with your own clients, but I'd love it if you'd yeah. you'd share that concept here because I think I really think that that concept has the potential to change the way people perceive themselves. Yeah, the coma letter is gangster, bro. So the the coma letter is it, it's something that I thought about because when it comes to it's it's this concept that I that I came up with where when it, when we coach for those listening for context. And this doesn't matter what you're going after fitness, weight loss, business, whatever. Um, you have to, you have to get your identity in check. Cause like we talked about your, I mean, for, for context, you're on autopilot 90% of the day. So and if we go, well, what do we, what are we on autopilot to? It's your identity. It's who you think you are. So if your identity is unworthy, you're going to have actions that are in congruence with an unworthy person. So we're very, very good. Or in like weight loss with our clients, if their identity is a binger, well, what do bingers do? They find reasons to binge eat. So like we're showing you like how to lose weight, but then like you binge eat, it's, it's gonna, it, it, uh, it butts heads. The problem is most people's identity, i.e. who they think they are, the beliefs that they have around them, about themselves, are only made up of the bad things about themselves that they don't like, that they want to change. But if we think about that, the relationship, your identity and your subconscious mind are really interesting. You're on autopilot 90% of the day. That means your subconscious mind's in charge. If your identity in basically just assume that your subconscious mind guards your identity like a mother bear. Yeah. So if your identity is, um, I'm, I'm a broke piece of shit and you get into money, your subconscious mind's like, Hmm, not my baby. We're taking, and it takes you back to what your identity's at. It's like yep. Ed Milet talks about it. Um, like the thermostat on a wall thermostat is set at 70 house heats up, house heats up to 80. The, ther the thermostat kicks on and cools the room off to where the setting is at. It's the same thing with us. So instead of trying to fight uphill shitty identity and new results and then like that grind, which it will win, you won't. Um, the game is, well, why don't you just change your identity? So that's what we ha I had all these conversations with our clients about changing your identity. Everyone had issues with it. Everyone's like, it's hard. If I go, if you've never heard of this concept before and I go, yeah, just change who you are or whatever. It's, it's really hard. And these things aren't tangible. Yeah, you're so, like, yeah, but how do I do that? You know, right. how do I just step into this new person? It sounds really woo woo right. and like it's, yeah. it's it's hard, you know. Well, and even if someone's on board, just it's really hard to quantify, and that's the thing. If we cannot quantify, excuse me, then we have problems. So, yep. um, my thing is one of the best ways to make an intangible tangible is create a tangible plan. So, in our coaching program, I've, we've had to become really good at this because half of the issues our clients struggle with are intangible. Your identity, your belief systems, your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, um, your consistency, like all these things. It's, it's not, it's not tangible. If I said do 10 pushups, that is really tangible. If I say my watcher bottle, that's tangible. It's, yeah. but fix your relationship with yourself and step into who you're supposed to be. Now, it, now I sound like, like, like someone that should be just smoking a bunch of weed, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the thing is, this is why we have to understand it from the science and psychology, um, where where from the step one is understand why this matters. You're on autopilot 90% of the day. We need to control your autopilot. Your autopilot is who you think you are because then you act in accordance with that. So if your autopilot's in the wrong direction, you're going to get a different destination. So that's the tactical side of this, whether it's fitness, money, weight loss, business, happiness, marriage, whatever, it doesn't matter. But then now we have to go, well, how do I set that autopilot? This is where the coma letter comes into place. So 
Because I, I work, I, 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 my brain operates best in stories and analogies and in, well, if this actually happened in real life. So my thing is what I tell people with the coma letters, I want you to imagine you are going into brain surgery. You're like, if you've ever had surgery, you know what it's like sitting in the weird bed with the weird af- or nightgown on. It's a little cold. Doctors yeah. coming in and talking to you. Um, your, so, butt's half, your butt's half out too. Yeah. Weird, weird drafts 100%. everywhere. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You got a bunch of stickers on you and stuff. Exactly. And you're a little nervous. Doctor comes in. And he goes, "All right, Baker, listen, you had a nasty, nasty fall, or you, you had that was a vicious car accident. Now I got to go in and do some brain surgery. Do what I do. Here's the problem. I have a fifty-fifty shot at resetting your brain. Like what I always say, like Men in Black style, where they just like, Pshew, and you have no recollection. Your mind is a blank slate." So imagine like, like if you're listening to this, literally play this out. You are in a hospital bed. You had a vicious accident and your doc, the doctor has to go in and do what doctors do. And your doctor says, look, man, this is serious. I got to go and I'm going to do what I do best. But I have a 50, 50 shot of hitting the reset button in your brain. As in, you don't know who mom is. As in, you don't know how old you are. You don't know who the president is. You don't know anything. You were a blank slate. So. Well, I got about 30 minutes. I want you to write a letter to yourself to read when you wake up, assuming I hit that reset button. So you're going to put in there like, there's my mom. Here's my dad. Here's, you know, 2023, whatever. But you're going to want to know who you are specifically. I mean, imagine how scary that would be waking up and having no recollection of your fucking name. No so recollection loud. of your your desires, who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in. So get all that on paper. Here's the thing though. I would want to know, would you put in there everything that you currently believe about yourself? Would you put in there that you're not confident? Would you put in there that you're the most self-deprecated person you know? Would you put in there that you you feel worthless, that you're not deserving of happiness, that you don't know if you're going to make it, You that you're a binger, a struggler, uh, a lost cause, you're too old for it. All the things you say about yourself. Would you put that in that letter? Probably not. If you are like me, you would lie through your freaking teeth. I would, I'm telling you, if it was me, I would write the most superhero letter. I would be like, I'm a world renowned speaker. I have millions in, the, I, I had millions in the bank, but just went through a rough time. So yeah, but we're, we're money's coming day. back in. Right. Cause like, you can't argue with the money, but like, yeah. but like, but like, but I would want the identity of no, I'm a multimillionaire. Um, I have great relationships. I'm an expert communicator. Uh, I, I leave everyone in a better place than when they approached me. Like I would, I would, I would literally write the most superhero letter. So here's the cool thing. That's who you're actually supposed to be. Like that's actually the version of you that you were meant to be. Whatever you believe in God, the universe, energy, quantum stuff, uh, big bang. I don't care. That's what, that's, that's the version you're supposed to be. So here's the cool thing. You don't need a near death experience, brain surgery to become that. Here's the cool thing. You can right now, everyone listening to this should write, do that, do that exercise. Take like literally a half hour, hour, write the coma letter and play it out. Like actually believe it would happen and how, and, and actually give it the inten- the intention it deserves. And then here's the cool thing. That's who you're supposed to be. Now that's your identity. Well, you're not that version right now. Your version of yourself right now is an artifact. It's from the last several years of your actions. Just like weight loss is mm-hmm. if I'm, if I'm not the way I want to be, it's not because of what I did last week. It's what I've done the last couple of years. So your reality currently is a history lesson. 
Like even in business, we all know business operates on a big cycle. If I have money issues now, it's because I started, I forgot to do something about a year ago and it's just now coming to the surface. Well, now if that's the version of you, now the simplest thing ever, it's the hardest, but it's simple. All you've got to do is align your actions with that version of yourself. So if you like paint this superhero picture, cool. When that person doesn't feel like doing the thing they know they should do, what do they do? Well, they probably execute. How does that person react when they have an emotional response to something? Do they let the emotions take the driver's seat or do they take a step back, get equanimous and chill out, then make the right decision? If you align everything with what's that version of me do, you'll never make a bad decision and you'll get everything you want in life. It's so powerful. So powerful. And literally the second that I heard that, um, you know, I'm writing down notes and I'm writing out the the whole concept so I don't forget it. And it's, I think that coupling that with the analogy that Ed Milet makes with the thermostat, right? So like if you are all of a sudden you set your thermostat at that higher temperature, and if you're down here in the low, you know, the the 50s and you set your temperature all of a sudden to 80, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're trying to get back to that equilibrium where the, the heater can shut off, right? Like you're trying to get back to where it, it's exactly where it should be. So like you said, it's just like the, the whole idea of manifestation, right? Like I, I truly believe in manifestation, but I also think that the idea of manifestation, one of the big benefits of it is if you have those clearly defined goals and you have those those things outlined in your in your mind that you're trying to get to eventually, that goal in mind, very similar concept to the coma letter, then subconsciously, you're looking for opportunities to achieve those things, or at least to get closer to achieving those things. So anytime you have a sales goal in your business, right, what are you looking for opportunities for the entire month, mm-hmm. right, or the entire quarter is you're looking for more opportunities to make more money to sell to hit your goal. Same exact thing with, with, with your life, with your goals, with the things that you're manifesting. So I just I, I guys, you have our permission to pause the episode and do that right now because it is so <laughs> freaking powerful, right? Yeah. And, and um, feel free to, to message Jared or message me and and let us know what your, your letter looks like and what that version of you that you want to step into looks like because that's the ultimate goal of, I know a lot of what you're doing, Jared, and um, a lot of a lot, what I'm trying to do with this podcast in particular is help people to see that, that it doesn't have to be how it's how it has been so far. Right, like there, there is that be. other version. Yeah, exactly. Like God gave, like you've mentioned, kind of alluded to um, a few times. Like God gave all of us specific, calculated gifts. Everybody's got something that they're better at, or know more about, or are more passionate about than the rest of everybody else. And so, like those are the things that you should be using. Those are the things that come easy to you that you enjoy more. Right, that that you need to be leveraging and using because you can create a much more enjoyable, better outcome of a life on the back end of that just by using what's already there, what's already in your toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've kind of talked, to, re- referenced religion a few times here. You, you grew up in a very religious household, if I'm not mistaken. Talk about yeah, yes. what, what that looked like. Yeah, and this is actually something I'm working through with, with therapy stuff. Um, I, uh, it, it's interesting. So with my childhood, I grew up I grew up in a normal like Christian household and stuff, um, but for some reason, it's interesting. It wasn't just, it, it was, I was like the only one that felt this way. So I don't know if this was more on like a parent thing or if it was more like the church I went to when I was little or whatever. This is why like two kids, same house can have a completely different, um, yeah, completely yeah. different, uh, like upbringing, if you will. But basically, um, I'll put it this way. My first therapist is shocked. I'm not an atheist because, because of like, we'll call it church hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, or, um, religious things used the wrong way. Um, yeah. 
so I did, so that's, so I did grow up in, in like a, like a very Christian household. Um, like wasn't allowed to swear. Like it's probably why I swear so much. Uh, yeah, you got <laughs> um, now. yeah, that's right. Things like that. And don't get me wrong. Like I love my mom and dad. This is not a, like a, a knock at them by any means. Not at all. Um, but I, I all, but, but like I grew, I, I, on paper, I grew up from the ages of 10 to probably 17, no exaggeration, petrified of getting thrown in hell. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like not panic attacks every day, but like, it's probably why I have, uh, working through a lot of anxiety consistently because my emotional home, if I'm not careful, goes straight to worry, fear, doubt. And in that, one of the things that my therapist uncovered today was cool. Like you go to hell. What's, what's that mean though? And she, and I go failure, like you failed the human race. Like you fail. And I go, Oh, holy shit. And I'm like, if I think about struggles I have in, let's say with the business is because I'm scared of failing my team. I'm scared of failing the business, my marriage. I'm scared of failing in my marriage. I'm like, I'm like, everything comes back to this debilitating fear of failure, which means I have to sit with this now, which means the work around this is not go achieve more. The actual answer is let my, give my inner child permission to fail. It's like, if I have a kid and he's like, if, if he was sad that his dog died, the answer is not be like, well, buddy, you got toys. You should be happy. I'll just get you a new dog. That's suppression. If I had a son, I would say, Hey buddy, daddy's sad too. It's okay to be sad here. Like you're allowed to be sad with daddy. Hold space. This means I have an inner child that hasn't been seen from this angle yet. Yeah. Right. And it, like, I'm telling you, she said that. And I'm just like, it was like a shockwave went through my system. I'm like, Oh, Holy shit. It's why like I've been emotional all day because I've got like, there's this inner child that like finally got seen today after 32 years of like, you know, here's what's crazy. I thought I already worked through this shit. I've already like been on the other other side if we want to call it that. But this is the crazy thing about inner work is um, there's levels. One of the, a mentor, a mentor of mine, Kyle Cease put it this way is that um, when you're not ready to deal with something or the body or like your, your body psychology isn't, your body just stores it until you are ready. It's almost like the analogy he uses It's like when you're in fourth grade, you've heard of this calculus thing, but you're not ready for it. It's not time yet. You're not in the right grade to do calculus. So, but you know, it exists, but about 10th or 11th grade, boom, calculus. This is when people are like, where did this come from? I thought I was through with this or why has this not struggled, been a struggle, but now it is. It's because you're in the 11th grade and then your body, your body, you store it and your body's like, time to fuck with this now. And it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now. You just literally caught me on the day where this became like the thing, um, which is pretty cool. But yeah, it's good for me. Yeah, it's right. But um, and it's good for me to talk about it more. You exactly. Know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, it just makes it more raw and those things. But but at the end of the day, man, that's it, it was with my childhood stuff is that that was a thing. So, uh, so from a very young age, I got taught to have to be debilitated by fear. And I'll be honest, my relationship with God was strictly fear driven. Yeah. Which, afraid of them. yeah, oh yeah, I, I literally thought God like held me above the pit of hell with his fingers and he's like, look at boobies and I'll fucking drop you in. And yeah, I'm like, I'm 13, yeah. boobies with are the, dope. With his like, hand, <laughs> yeah, with his hand like this ready to strike you down at any given time. Yeah, bro, yeah. yeah. So this is why I also like, I'm at, it's, it's an, things are in an interesting place right now because I also feel like, so, so a lot of God stuff and religious stuff is kind of triggering to me. Triggers aren't bad, by the way. People hear trigger and they're like, oh, trigger warning. No, no, we can only heal through triggers. You yeah. have to be triggered to heal. But this is the thing. And I was like, if I'm like, that, that's the hard part. I'm like, if I want to get closer to God, closer to like 
or source the whatever you want to call this higher level of intelligence mm-hmm. i'm like this is it's hard because like i know it's not if we want to get really specific it's not his fault i was taught wrong yeah and so i'm like it's like imagine imagine baker imagine you and i we are great you our relationship is great but imagine if i thought you did something to me Mm-hmm. And it was a complete, because someone else said it. Someone's like, yeah, Baker was talking shit. Baker said this. And imagine if I had years of evidence to show you, ch- you hated me. Yeah. You treated me like shit. You, all the things. And then to come to find out all the, those are wrong. It, it doesn't take away the hurt. It doesn't take away the baggage. It doesn't take away the, the whatever. You can't erase. Yeah. You can't erase that thing that was even unsaid that you just thought was yeah. happening back here. Right. right? Right. But I want to fix the relationship between us. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is, is and that. Here's what's crazy. I would argue the fact that I'm aware of that. I have a probably, this is why I'm the least religious I've ever been, but the most spiritual I've ever been. That's awesome. Um, You know what I mean? Because I believe they're completely different. So, but yeah, that's to answer the long winded answer about like my weird childhood growing up. That's that, that, that's it basically. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's a, I think it's powerful and I think it's a lot. Honestly, I think it's something that everybody struggles with in with, with with the subject or the topic of of religion right and i at a young age one, one thing that i kind of <clears throat> one thing that i struggled with was i grew up in a very small town oklahoma right so you knew what denomination everybody was you knew how often people went to church you knew like Same. everything going on with everybody in town and so, you know, I, I grew up playing a lot of travel baseball. And so there was a lot of weekends and stuff where we'd be out of town or we'd be at a tournament or we'd be at, and like, I always felt semi judged whenever Shameful. people would talk about that as a, as a child, yeah. you know, like, you know, pre-K, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, when people would be like, you didn't go to church this weekend. And then like, I would feel like, and I, but I would see these same kids. They were the ones that were like introducing cuss words to all of our vocabularies, right? Like they were the same ones that were getting in trouble and getting expelled yeah. and suspended. And I'm like, it, I remember wrestling with that feeling at a very young age of like church is supposed to be this thing that makes you a good person. But all of the people that are good people that go go to church, like they're the ones that are holding it over our head, making us feel guilty if we yeah. aren't able to make it or don't make it that particular week. And they're the ones that I'm seeing be the worst people in public. And so I I consider myself a religious person and I, I pray every single day, every single day. But I, I, I think a relationship with that higher power looks different for everybody. And it sounds, sounds like mm-hmm. you're kind of stepping into, into that for yourself as far as what that relationship looks like for you. For me, it's making sure that I'm having those conversations. Right, it's making sure that that in my prayers, like I, I like to 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 format mine in in a conversation, like I'm catching up with God on a daily basis, mm-hmm. telling him what's going on with me, you know, telling him what I'm looking for, like what I'm asking for, and praying for the safety and health of of the people around me, for my wife, right, like thanking him for her, and for me, it's like I I think you should be, you know, involved in some sort of of church, whatever that looks like for you, right? Where we're really in the Bible, it says where more than one is gathered, essentially, mm-hmm. right? But I also think that it's just about finding that relationship, like what really speaks to you. For some people, it's worship music, right? Like that's when they feel closest to God. For some people, it's going to church and being in community. For for me, it's just having conversations, like mm-hmm. acting like me and God are bros and we, we just talk, you know, like we just catch up on a daily basis. And so um, it, it sounds like you're kind of evolving into that type of like a relationship that you're figuring out that works for you. I, you know what? I think it's interesting. I think, and that, that's the thing that's how like 
in any dynamic I've had with God has been like that. It mine's just had baggage behind it that yeah. I didn't know how to address. I, I think it's like anything else. It's every relationship should be growing or dying. Any like you know, like my wife and I have been together since literally like middle school and yeah. our relationship is, it can only grow. Like if we want it to last, it can only grow. So I think it's the same thing with anything, whatever someone's deity or source or God or whatever you want to call it sure. is it has to, it, it has to grow. Otherwise, if you stay stagnant, then you're, you're regressing. Um, you know, but that, that was, that was also the, the dichotomy I struggled with is I would see all the people that I like went to church with when I was little, but they were the ones shit talking. They were the ones like, literally being manipulative they were the ones yeah. doing all the bad stuff and then all these quote-unquote sinners because they didn't go to church they were the best for, like best great, people i yeah, ever they met were the like, good people and i'm like, like what is this mismatch <laughs> yeah bro yeah this is like yeah. everything that i'm hearing you're not supposed to do and it's what's being applauded mm -hmm. you know but i think it's easy though i think we as people have to be careful not to let the bad ruin the good for in that like for example in, yes. in every industry like i'm a, you and i are both coaches there are degenerate coaches that we literally can't stand <laughs> yeah. but we don't want someone to look at us as less than because of some asshole or the same thing with like every industry there's bad cops but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that some of my best friends are cops that are incredible same yeah. thing with some doctors are terrible but some doctors are freaking amazing so it's it's the same thing but this yeah. is why but this is why we need to do the inner work around whatever these issues are because suppression never made anything better. If you have an issue in your marriage, you need to address it. If you have a, in, in my case, like it's this, like kind of this point I'm at with like with God and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to work on this. Um, you know, it's, I think it's at the end of the day, everything has to be faced head on because suppression and avoidance never made anything better. So. No, absolutely. So I, I, in doing research for this episode, right? Like you and I have been friends. We've been, you know, talking on a, a daily, if not, or weekly, if not daily basis for- <laughs> By daily, um, try daily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, for, for a long time, months now, right? And yeah, so yeah. we, I I know a good amount about you, but I wanted to do some more research and try to catch you off guard with some stuff from okay. the, you know, old Instagram and stuff like that. So I right. I scrolled back. You have a lot of Instagram posts, by the way, but I scrolled Over back all the way. 3,000s in the yeah, 3,000s. I scrolled back all the way to your your first post, right? Wow. And you, you had a lot of the same posts of, of all of us, right? Some selfies, some different things like, um, you know, for, it looks like from high school maybe even. But the thing that struck me the most, bro, is like how long you have been doing this as a coach you have been in this in the game right for almost or almost a decade now look like the as far as i could tell it's 2015 more. it's more because um, i was doing this before social media or before i was crazy. on social so i'm at like 12 years yeah so what 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 about this space in particular made you start at such a young age and and stick stick with it so um i struggled that, that's the biggest thing. I think every coach, it's because we struggled with this shit. We got on the other side of it and we go, I want to help more people do this. I think any good coach, that's the big thing. Is It's why I, I, bro, I used, back in the day when, the, when I was a trainer in the gym, I'd see people all the, all the time go, oh, I love working out. Let me become a trainer. I go, bro, that's going to kill it first and foremost. The easiest mm -hmm. way to kill your love for training is become a trainer. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone has a compelling reason rooted in their struggle. Um growing up, I used to, I was, I was everything I talk about in my content. I struggle was my struggle. I was the fat kid. I all the Trinity diets, like everything I talk about in my content. 
and I, so I, I used to be kind of a victim about it. I'm like, fuck, why me? Like all my friends, all my, my, my relatives, everyone's lean, everyone's like athletic. And you got like chunky ass fucking Jared, like my, like literally like my mom, like even like my family were like, Oh, Jared's it's Husky Jared. And like, it, yeah. it never ended. And so I used to be a victim about it. And I'm like, why me fast forward now? I'm grateful for that because I, I know what it's like. I can relate on a level that a lot of other coaches can't. I know a lot of coaches who has never, who have never not had abs. Yep. I know coaches who have never had a worry or insecurity about love handles mm. or about whatever, whatever it may be for me. I, I know exactly what it is. And then I went through the same struggles. I thought I was bro. I remember I, I, I got a weight watchers book when I was like 12. Yeah. Like my mom literally gave me a weight watchers book about like, cause I was fat and I'm like, mom, I want to lose weight. And she, my mom was a trendy dieter. So she's like, here's the Weight Watchers book. Do the point thing. So I was literally 12, like counting points. Yeah. Um, and then even like when I went into the gym, when I finally found the gym, I found P90X first. And then I found that. And then didn't, didn't I we all. Bro, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Mine went to another, most people. Here's some stuff most people don't know. I went to did P90. I did like three rounds of P90X. Got some results. I'm like, okay, this is dope. I think it's time to join a gym. Scared shitless. I literally took my P90X book with all the exercises in the plan covered it in duct tape because I didn't want anyone to know it was a P90X book. And I would literally like see like secretly like look, close it so no one would see. And I, and I would substitute exercises instead of like, because I was in a gym, not at home. Yeah. A band yeah. chest press, that looks like a bench press. Uh, a reverse lunge, I guess that looks like this barbell squat thing a lot of people do. Um, this face pull with the band, I guess that looks kind of like this lat pull machine. I literally substituted and then, but I didn't want anyone to know because I was insecure. And I'm like, I don't want anyone to know. I'm just following like a fucking bootleg version of P90X in the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was where I started. So I know what it's like. And and I, I remember, dude, uh, uh, I'm my, my mentor that, that that looks at my like email copy and stuff. I put this in a story I told the other day and he even, he's like, what the fuck does that mean? I remember being, being so naive. I remember reading an article that said the seven worst foods to eat while driving. So I literally thought I couldn't eat apples while behind the wheel of a car. Otherwise it was going to store fat. So like I bro, I've been there. I know yeah. like this is why I, it, that's where it started for me. Got on the other side of it through help, mentorship, community, the right information, the right Im implementation, the right people taking me under their wing and I just feel like the neck, the next, the natural next thing is I want to do the same thing for other people. You know, that's actually one of the biggest differences between serotonin and dopamine, um, in the brain. Um, we all know dopamine hits, like you'll get a dopamine hit by scrolling on social media. Yep. Serotonin requires helping other people. Really? How crazy is that? Yeah. If, if what I remember is from my research is correct. Serotonin usually involves in a lot of cases service to others. So it, which is pretty crazy. Um, so that's why I think, we need to be in service to others and things like that. But it's like, it's one of those things. Like someone finally builds their business and gets to a sustainable point. They want to show other people how to build that business because they know what it's like. So I think that's where it started. Um, for me, why I've stayed though is a few things. Number one, to have massive, massive levels of success. I knew I'm going to have to plant my roots somewhere. Yeah. I will not be successful if I do fitness coaching for a year or two then go to real estate for a year or two, then go to fucking crypto for a year or two, then go to autumn, like, you know, whatever bullshit. What it, I knew for me to be successful, I've got to camp out. So what can I do forever? What's helpful to other people and what actually make it makes a difference. Cause the underlying theme behind everything that I do, I got thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, 
the reason that drives all this, and this is why I also feel like when people come to my business opposed to other fitness businesses or coaching businesses, they, everyone's like, something's different about this. Like not just the inner game stuff, but like people are like, there, there's something different about here. And it's because I think the normal part of this journey, like before and after pictures are dope. Your clothes fitting are dope. Your, um, fat loss is dope. Now getting strong. That's all great. That's not the main thing for me though. The main thing for me are giving, giving our people joy, freedom, and never settling. That's it. I, I, I've always hated the fact that people settle in anything. They settle for a marriage that they can't stand. They settle for a body they can't stand. They, they think anxiety, living in anxiety is just something that you do as you get older. Like, no, that's, that's settling um, and suffering. So that's always bugged me on like, since I was a fucking teenager, people settling is always gotten under my skin. I've always yeah. like, no, there's no reason to settle. But then I got thinking the fundamentals behind now, like, especially now, like what, what's my, what, why do I love coaching the way we do so much is, and it's not the, the fat lossy stuff. That's cool. It's part of it, but it really goes down to like, what's beneath that. It's joy and freedom. Mm-hmm. Everyone just wants joy. Everyone just wants to be joyful and enjoy and be happy and all those things. But when you are in what I call mental, physical and emotional incarcer- incarceration, you cannot be, have joy. I actually just did a YouTube video on this where all I want to do is give people freedom. That's, that's all it is. But if you are trapped in your own body, hate the way you look, hate the way you feel, um, hate, like, like feel that, that you're uncontrollable, feel like you know what to do, but don't do it. Your actions aren't in control. You're not having freedom. And if you're not having freedom, you're not having joy. But then we have the same thing emotionally. You feel like an emotional wreck. You're anxiety, anxious, you're stressed, you're worried. Your emotions take the driver's seat. You're just a wreck. Everything's going good, but then up, down, sideways emotionally, you don't know how to handle them. You, you don't let yourself feel your emotions. You hide it with work or food or productivity or your kids or whatever. Well, then that's emotional incarceration. You're emotionally trapped. And then you have mentally the same thing. So really I go that, that I would say that's the biggest reason is, is the mission is actually not just results. It's, but giving people freedom on those three things. Wow. I have another quote that, that this leads perfectly into. So if you look at what you have in life, you'll always have more. If you look at what you don't have in life, you'll never have enough. Yeah. This is something I struggle with a lot. Um, it's because, and, and, and as a guy that has gratitude tattooed literally on my, my radial bone, yep. um, is, um, this goes back into a few different things. Uh, we, I mean, you, one, you get what you look for. If all you see is lack, you're going to find more lack. Um, if you want to get into the quantum physics world where, um, if all you do is look at what you don't have, that is a very low frequency. That is from a vibrational standpoint, bro. That is so low. But then like that original quote from James Allen, we get, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. So if you are lack, you're going to receive on that level of lack versus if you are grateful and present and feeling abundant in what you have, well, it's no fucking wonder you get more and dude, like clockwork. I have to be very careful, but especially in business about getting into my own own head with the stuff and I'll, I'll drift if I'm not careful. Because in business, I'm just, I'm, I look at the metrics every day, like where leads at, where sales at, what about client, client retention, client, um, you know, clients coming in. How's one my of, team? One like, of my worst habits is opening Stripe every single day, multiple times a day. Bro, I'm, I'm telling you, but, but here, this is, this is the nuance. How is, is being able to audit your metrics to make the appropriate adjustments without letting it change your frequency, without letting it change your energetic state. I used to be really bad about this. I'd be on an emotional roller coaster and then I would my results would be on a roller coaster. 
but I, I, I notice I'm really quick to notice. I'm like, Ooh, wait, it, this isn't okay. Because then here's the thing. This took me so long to, to learn. It's still a work in progress. Whatever energetic and vibrational state you're in, it touches whatever you're working on. So if I create content because I'm freaking out about leads being low, the content doesn't do very well. If I, but if I, and it doesn't matter. I've, I've, I've literally seen this play out so many times. I can't even explain to you. Um, I have all the check marks of a good piece of content. I have the savage hook that appeals to emotion that makes a promise that arouses curiosity. That's entertaining. That changes like everything. But it's because I'm like, ah, I got to do something that's going to go viral to get leads. And ironically it tanks. I have it filmed on the nice camera, all the things. My most recent post that popped off that crushed that literally had people seeing it for the first time. And they literally DM me saying, take my money. I want to work with you is I didn't care. I assume there's only 500 people is going to see my video. So I go, I don't care if this goes viral. I'm going to speak to only my ideal person. I don't care if anyone signs up. I actually, I literally have this filmed. I, it was filmed on my phone, zero editing, zero jump clips, lots of pauses, no hook. <laughs> and I literally put my phone outside and I just started it. And I, and I literally audibly said, I go, what do people need to hear right now? And I spoke. Yeah. And only pure fucking brilliance came out. Literally, my, the first words I say, carbs and calories aren't your problem. And I literally dove in about why the inner game is the problem. Like my, my fucking message. Bro, that video went, like I want to say, oh, and I want to say that video hit like 120 some thousand, 150,000 new eyes. It was mm-hmm. 98% non-followers. It dominated, shared like crazy. People were literally messaging me like, where can I work with you? Yeah. Um, and then here's what's even fucked up. The video was two minutes long. Instagram's only good for 90 seconds. So literally half that video was gone and it crushed. Wow. But it's because I was in, but I would argue it's because I was, I let go of expectation. I wasn't chasing the outcome. And I, my intention in my energy was, how can I help these people? What do they need to hear the most right now? And that video fucking popped off. No call to action whatsoever. Half the video was gone. But it's because I truly believe it was what I was in the most alignment with. And it's no wonder I got what I was. Not what I wanted. So this is why it's, and it's hard. It's so easy to feel good about your business and what you're doing and your weight loss or whatever when the results are in your favor. It is one of the things that um, I just finished one of his books. One of my favorite people to learn from is Dr. Dispenza is, is mm-hmm. Dr. Joe and Joe. I can't remember how he words it exactly. He goes, um, is basically talking about is your ability. Fuck. How's he word it? Your ability to control your inner state in the absence of chaos around you is going to dictate ultimately if how successful you're going to be. Like, like how much can you control your inner state independent of your external circumstances? So as in when that bank account is in the negatives, feeling a pure abundance and grateful. Yeah. Like that's hard. That's fucking hard. Trying to tell our clients that like when the scale spikes for them to be emotionally feeling their best, like that's hard, but that's what it takes. And I think if you want to get into quantum stuff, if you want to get into God stuff, I, 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 that's the thing is that's a kind of a universal test. Like it's like kind of where's faith at that, that ties to faith that ties to all of this stuff. So it's crazy, bro. No, it is. It is. And I, I think that 
for for you, it seems like I mean, you I know you started out in the gym as a trainer, right? Like, so you you went through this period of you know even getting comfortable yourself. You know, you started out just in your own house or in your own garage. You mm-hmm. you first started to step into the gym. You were even embarrassed at that point, right? And then you you transitioned into an in person trainer. How what did that transition look like to get into? I'm now coming from this place of insecurity and always have been in the husky guy. Always have been you know even nervous to to work out at the gym, didn't want people to even know where my workouts came from to I'm going to teach you now, random stranger or or person around me, I'm going to teach you how to work out. I mean, I think a lot of it started with my own journey. And Mm -hmm. then I got it it, one, the concept of exposure therapy, you go to the gym a hundred times, you will absolutely feel better with this. It's, it's honestly how like we teach to fix someone's relationship with exercise. If someone comes to us and they're like, my relationship with exercise is terrible and I'm scared shitless of the gym. The last thing I do is have them go to dumbbells. The first yeah. thing I have them do is literally go to the gym and walk on the treadmill for like 10 minutes and leave. Do that for like the first month. Anyone can walk in, turn the treadmill on and leave. But what's going to happen is now exposure therapy kicks in and all of a sudden the gym isn't as scary. While they're on the treadmill, they're seeing all the people that look like them. They're looking at all the dumbasses that don't know what they're doing either. They're yeah. in, and then all of a sudden, one thing leads to the next. One thing leads to the next. Now all of a sudden, then like usually with that, we'll have them do that. And then they're um, doing body weight workouts they're comfortable with just in the gym. Then all of a sudden they're doing those band workouts at home in the free weight section. Then they're doing the dumbbell version of those. Like it's just exposure therapy, right? So I did the same thing is as I got there, I got more comfortable. I made friends, conversations happened. I started working out with, with a group of guys like in, in, and that's, that's where that happened. Then results came. Then I had a stack of evidence that I am who I thought I was, that who that I was working on. That's that, that, so that got that part comfortable. Um, and then from there I go, Oh, I think I want to actually from then how I became a trainer though, is I, I went to school to be a physical ther- a physical therapist. Um, and then I found out that wasn't my, my thing, but I found, um, basically personal training. It was one of the, one of the things, uh, one of the classes was a personal trainer prep class, essentially that partnered with the the university. Um, and we ended up doing practicals and like going to the gyms, writing programs for our classmates and like training each other. Um, and it was fucking dope. I fell in love with it. That meant my entrepreneurial bone and it was over. And so then I, then I built the business. Yeah. And and then you kind of transitioned to mostly now you're online, right? You have this big Mm -hmm. business of multiple coaches, you know, you, you, you also, like you've mentioned several mentors just in this conversation alone. I know you have one for, for even copywriting. You have you mentioned a therapist. You have you just hired your own fitness coaches. You've got um, you know business coaches. Business coaches, right? Like yeah. you've got all sorts of you, you seem to be very comfortable or obsessed with personal growth and you're you're putting your money where your mouth is, right? On on investing in that in your mm-hmm. own life. What first of all, I'm interested and I think other people will be interested, how much have you spent on your own personal growth and development? Right. And oh, then I mean, also, I actually, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't make you off. No, you're good. Also, I'm curious, like, why are you so all in on on doing that? Like, why are you so all in on investing? Yeah. One. Yeah. I, I spent well over six figures. I actually added some. I had someone ask me on a Q&A on Instagram and I added it up and it's like low hundred thousands, like like hundred to one hundred thirty thousand dollars in gotcha. lifetime. Um, yeah. Which sounds absurd. But like, but first of all, that wasn't like all at once, but like it was immediate ROI. Like my first mentor I paid, I couldn't afford him, but working with him, I made a little over what I paid him per month back. So it was, it was net positive. And then my next mentor, like my next big mentor I paid, it was a scary one. I paid my, my big, my first big mentorship. I paid 20, 20 grand. My first month with him, I made 48,000. Wow. ROI achieved. 
free yep. free coaching at that point like whenever i invest i'm like how quick can i make this back you know what i mean but but the thing is usually people who give me flack about that have university degrees they aren't using that they're never going to pay off so yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. um like going to school, paying 200 grand in school, school loans to make a hundred grand a year does not make sense in my brain. Like I'm not the greatest at math, but I can do that math. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as like why I'm so such an advocate of this is number one is, um, how can I sell coaching ethically and not invest in coaching? Like put your money where your mouth is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and number two is the big, this is truly the biggest reason. Um, I am an impatient bastard. I'm telling you, I can always go make more money. It, but if I can pay someone to show me in one year to do what I would take me on my own in 10, I mean, if, 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 if it's true that I want what I say I want, why would I not take that bet? It blows me away. People who like that, who aren't very serious about coaching and like weight loss, they'll say, oh my gosh, I want this so bad. And they're spending money on bullshit. And then they're not willing to invest in themselves here. And they're like willing to go try it on their own again. I'm like, wait, you've been trying this on your own for a decade and it hasn't been working. And you spend a thousand dollars a month on Uber eats, but you won't invest in this. Like truthfully, it's because they don't want what they say they want. So for me, I want what I say I want enough to where my dollars are, are involved. Cause that's the true test. We can, we're all serious until we have to put money down. And then yeah. it's like, ah, you know what I mean? So for me, um, I I'm impatient and I'm okay saying that I, I am, I am, relentlessly ambitious and I have crazy goals and I only, and I, we don't have that long. Literally. I think about death so much, dude. Um, I have a, I have a, a big tattoo on my left arm, a big sleeve and I have a giant clock on my bicep. It's because, um, it's my reminder of what I call the dichotomy of time. You have plenty, but you're running out. This little idea that I came up with where like, I, I need to be present because we have plenty of time, but also there's a sense of urgency. Like we only have like 80 years on this planet mm. and like, that's crazy to think about, you know? So for me, I'm like, fuck, I got to make this shit happen. Um, if I'm going to do what I want to do and me doing it on my own trial and erroring is going to take so long and so much more frustration versus why don't I just hire the person who has a proven track record who can do this for me and I'll just go make more money. That's the way that I view it. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I have a very, very similar outlook on it. It's for me, I've spent, you know, I'm, I'm much much greener in my entrepreneurial career than you are. Um, but I've got, I've already invested a little over 20 grand in, in my own personal development outside of college and all the money that I wasted there. <laughs> and uh, I was talking about this on a recent episode of like, yeah, in, in college, I, I kind of just, I skated by, by, it, was, it wasn't difficult for me. So I just kind of like justified, like this isn't taking a bunch of my mental capacity, like this isn't taking enough away from me it wasn't much of a as much of a pain to where i had to do something about like getting out of it so i just kind of like skated by and just continued to do it right but now like what i look for in my education and my personal development i mean you i don't know if you saw the other day but the, the trip that mike and i had out to california we spent ten thousand dollars for a day of education yeah right and that was like crazy to me i had spent eleven thousand or twelve thousand before that on personal development over the course of like six month, you know, coaching kind of agreements and everything. And so the fact that like we were, we risked that for one day of development, that was, that was a huge deal for me, but it also, I'm looking for this one thing, you know, if I'm going to invest, I'm looking for this one thing that is going to, to pay me back that 10,000 plus more, right? Like this one thing that I now am armed with, like I can put this in my, my, uh, you know, my sheath of arrows that like I have now forever. Yeah. And, and that's just going to continue to, to grow and grow and grow back here for when 
some point down the road, you know, you never reach full capacity, right? But at some point down the road, for nearly any situation or anything that I encounter in life, I've got something I can pull out and I can use mm-hmm. in this specific situation. And so that's that's how I'm kind of a, approaching it now. And it, it sounds like you have a very similar, I guess, outlook on that. Skills don't leave, man. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the cool thing is, is like, knock on wood, I would hate to lose everything tomorrow, but let's say I did. It would not take me 12 years to get back here. No. Fuck, give me, give me less than a year. And I would get back to like full steam ahead. It would suck, right? And I would work my teeth bare. Yeah but I have these skills. That's, that's the thing people don't realize is when you're investing in yourself, you should be getting skills. People, one of the other questions people ask, even with when we're coaching people, what's your favorite part about coaching? Yeah. It's the freedom, the joy, all that stuff. But otherwise it's literally like, I love giving people skills. No one can take away fixing your relationship with food. That is a skill that won't leave. Um, understanding how to process your emotions therapeutically and help in a way that's helpful and how to lose weight sustainably and keep it off while getting really, really strong. I don't, we don't, like I always say, we don't just give results. We give results and a skill set to match because then you don't need us. That's what I think a good mentor does is of course, there's always like the next and the next and the next and the, the goals continue to grow. But even like Alex Ramosi was talking about that. He's lost everything twice, but he yeah. goes, but because I understand from a skill set, I can build it. It's not going to take, it's not a waste. So that's the way I thought of you. I love it. Another pretty constant in your life and, and went back even to like the first post that I saw on your Instagram um, was, is your wife. Mm. Talk about you guys' relationship, what that's looked like as an entrepreneur, you know, like to have somebody so solid for so long, especially with yeah. the lifestyle that, that you've chosen, that I've chosen, the, the things that we subject ourselves to and the people around us to. How, yeah. Talk about, about you and your wife. Dude, this is the easiest way to get me emotional too, by the way. Literally like, Same. I found, I, dude, I found out um, my biggest speaking engagement to date was, um, I was speaking at Jason's coaching con and, uh, 700 people. It was fucking great. It's just the tip of the iceberg. And I'm just so, I I love it so much. Well, my, that was the first time my wife ever saw me speak. Like she sees like bullshit, like in my office, zoom, she's never seen me speak in person. And it was the biggest one I'd ever done. And so literally like I'm doing good. I'm talking, I'm crushing it. I'm ripping these people's faces off. And then in the back, I see this. I literally see her, see her like recording like between the two lights. And I'm like, mm. like in, in I, I made a post about it. I'm like today I cried in front of 700 people, <laughs> Yeah, but, but dude, that's the thing, dude, she's, she's amazing is, um, I've got kind of a unicorn story with, with my wife. Um, crazy, even kind of gross high school musical vibes. Um, first girlfriend. <laughs> I know. First girlfriend you, you, I, yeah. That's yeah. what's crazy about it for you guys. Yeah. First girl. I'm basically her first boyfriend. She, she had like when she was like 13 like 13 year old boyfriend the kind of thing yeah. but i don't think they count uh i'm saying at least they don't count the kind, uh, <laughs> of, the kind that held hands and everyone freaked out about right 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 but yeah. um but other than that that human whatever uh otherwise like we're 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 first everything and um which is crazy you know what i mean which is it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's super it's super uncommon but like it's it's incredible um the cool thing was and i was actually this is what got th- things in therapy started getting so deep today was um, for the longest time, Shelby is who like, like why I got the business off the ground. Like, dude, I was making no money. I was like trying to pull shit together at like a Papa John's and a GNC and working for my dad. But like the business was not off the ground and she was working like 12 hour shifts at a steakhouse. But dude, this entire time she's never once been like, are you sure this is going to work? Like how long is it going to like, not one time. Um, And we, we actually have had like sit down in like almost like hardcore agreements. Like, yo, look, this is the journey that I'm on. 
are we both are both of our actions and expectations in alignment with this, with this is the mission. This is what I'm doing. And cause I think a lot of couples get into trouble when they're not both in alignment. The one is like getting resentful and like the other, like feels like, Oh, they don't get it. And it's this big issue versus we had like a, almost like a form. We didn't like get a contract down, but a formal sit down of like, are we both on board with this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but otherwise it's incredible. Um, known her since I always say like it started, I can't, we met when I kicked her in the mouth. Um, we met, we met in martial arts when we were, when we were little, I had this, like, I had this crush on her. Like I liked the cute blonde in the front row. And then, uh, we, at the time we were just kids, the instructor's like, all right, find a partner. We're going to spar. And all of a sudden I'm with the cute blonde and I'm like, Oh, I got to impress her. So I did one of those jump spinny kick things. I put it right in her teeth Mm. on accident. I meant to hit her like in her chest, but I put it right in her teeth. And then from that lesson for all of our, all of our young single men listening, (laughs) you just kick her hard enough in the face. Maybe something will yeah, shift right. in her brain to where she falls in <laughs> love with you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But otherwise, man, she's been been with me since day one. Um, she's seen like like I'm telling you, she knows me more than I know. Like she can tell. Like she never like is like, hey, can you quit working? Like stop working so much. None of that. But she can tell when I need to be done. She can tell yeah. like when I've like, hey, I think you need to go play video games for a while. Hey, I think you need to. You should probably talk to the therapist about that. Or hey what's, what's going on. I can tell something's there, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's the beautiful thing about having a great relationship that goes that deep is there's levels of understanding that no one else can relate to. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, uh, I, it, Kenzie's really the, the, the spot that can, they can cut right through me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if I, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast yet. I, I kind of, I think I've touched on kind of her and her support a, a few times, but there was a time early on in in our relationship even where i i had been in kind of like a bad partnership and the, the company wasn't going to go like i had basically gotten told by these partners who were they were funding the venture and and they were also kind of like siphoning funds from the venture like it was like a really i don't want to get into like too too many details on it but it was not a good situation and they had kind of said like hey you know this is just like a courtesy thing like we're gonna shut this down soon like in the next couple of weeks and i i remember just being like kind of like lost man like i had just had followed her to texas right to dallas texas where my rent all of a sudden went from 400 bucks a month to 1500 bucks a month right and i'm betting on all these things to go right for me i'm betting on just the new big opportunities there are here in texas for me and i was just freaking out like living in just stress because i was also living alone mm. right like we didn't live together until we got married and so i would see her just on the weekends usually um for a day and a half before she before she would go back home and then get you know start to go to go to work for the week and so it was there was one particular situation and this was before i even proposed to her where she kind of like sat me down and she told me, she was like, if you want to go pursue your own things exclusively, like no more partnerships, no more anything. Like if you want to go do, like if you want to put whatever we have into this, I will make sure that you're taken care of because I know you're going to, I I believe in you. And like, I, that was like the second that for me, like as entrepreneurs, that's something that you hope for, but you can't, you also can't ever like see it for real 
playing out. Like you hope mm-hmm. for that you have that ride or die, that you have that person on the other side of of the relationship that would would live in a hut with you, right? Like if you if you came down to it because they just believe in you and they want to like the Layla Hormozy, like in on all the things that I live under poor, a bridge. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you hope that person's on the other side of, of the relationship, but you don't know until you hit a situation, you know, like that where they have the opportunity to show it because someone can say that all, all day long, but if they're not really about it, they're not really about it. Right. And, and that was the moment for me where I was just kind of like, this is what I've always searched for. Right. And proposed and all, and everything like that. But it hit me again this past weekend at, at the event in California. I, a lot of it was inner work. A lot of the thing that we, that the event that we kind of paid for and went out to, a lot of it was inner work and figuring out what's my bullshit that I'm bringing into to Mike and I's partnership. What's his bullshit that he's bringing into our partnership? What's the combined bullshit level of the two of us, right? And then what's getting passed down to the team, mm. you know? And so we were talking about a lot of stuff, and, and Mike's getting emotional here and there, and I nothing really is like getting me, and I'm I'm kind of just talking. And um, one of the things that they had us do was was talk about our relationships and I, I talked a little bit about Kinsey and I'd made a couple of comments of you know my wife who you know she's way, way better than I deserve and like all this stuff and they were kind of like why do you believe that and I talked about a few few conversations that her and I had had recently where um, you know I, I had kind of told her the same stuff of like I've got to buckle down for a while like this is just going to be I'm going to have to spend my time in my office where I'm at right now right um, 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days um, where sometimes she's out in the rest of the apartment, you know, doing her own thing. And I'm, I'm a few feet away, but but super far in reality. Um, and they were kind of poking and prodding at that. And they were like, did you ask her if that's what she wants? And I was like, well, I'm doing it for her. I, she knows I'm doing it for her. Like I, I've told her that I, this is why I'm doing it is for this life that I'm trying to create. And they're like, did she say that she wants that? Would she would she rather be spending the more time with you now? Would she opt for more time and more more you and her right now? And it kind of hit me of like, I never really asked her. Mm-hmm. You know, I never gave her that choice. I never sure talked to her on that type of a level. So the one thing that they had us do was like send out gratitude messages. Like, what do you love, honor, and respect about about the people in your life? And so I. Again, I hadn't cried. They had made me kind of like think on a deeper level about it. And I, I pick up the phone and I'm like, hey, Kins, you know, I'm, uh, I'm missing you. This this is a beautiful view out in California. And I just want to let you know, and it's even kind of hitting me right now. Um, but I just immediately started like, I just broke down on a video that I'm trying to send to my wife that was supposed to be like a happy, like, I just love you and respect you type of thing. And I just apologized to her for like not asking for for... Mm not giving her even the slightest inkling of a choice for just saying, this is what's going to happen. Like I need you bought in, you know, and that is so tough. Like she sent all these wonderful things back to me and made me feel great. And, you know, no more crying for me the rest of the weekend. But it's like, it's funny how that partner for you as an entrepreneur can, can be so impactful and they can make or break you. Like truly Mm -hmm. I've seen entrepreneurs broken by having a bad partner. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I've got a quote that I, I want to get your, it's kind of the last quote that I have. Um, but it's your partner takes up the equivalent of two close friend spots. Are they worth that? Completely. Like there's no hesitation. Like it, the right one. Yes. Yeah. Here's my thing. I think if you have to qualify, uh, you got some work to do. Yeah. One of the things that, one of the things that, that comes to mind first is, is something I learned from 
the, the Kyle guy that I keep going back to Kyle sees, he's a, a mentor, but now kind of a friend of mine. He, um, he, he, he basically talks about when we have to, to validate, it's a big red flag. We don't, if you think you do not validate the best things in your life, you don't validate Kinsey. You don't validate the work you do. You don't validate what anything, but if you see something you have to validate, it's time to let it go. Like, Oh, I think I might stay in this company because like I started here, but like it sucks. But like, you know, they treat me pretty well. Like, no, it's time to let that go. Yeah. So, which is hard, you know? So, um, but no, I completely, I completely agree with that. The, the, mm. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. So and I think that that quote too, for, for those of you guys that might be questioning and looking at like, do I have that right now? It's a pretty cut and dry thing. Like is if you had to give up two of your friends right now to keep your partner, would you still feel fulfilled? Would you still feel happy? Would you still feel like that is a worthwhile exchange? No one's going to ask you to do that, but well, actually some, some relationships end up being like that, right? Where it is kind of transactional, but it's, it's something that's a red that, flag in itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's something that makes you think of like, yeah. this person is going to take up the equivalent of two whole people in your life forever. Right. So you got to pick the right partner. You got to pick the right person that, that is worth that, you know, and it sounds like you have that in Shelby and that's, I think that's the coolest thing ever. Um, all right. Lastly, I know you've talked about this, this, uh, or actually I got a couple more things for you if you got time, but <laughs> yeah, you're the, good, you're uh, I know you've talked about, I, I remember hearing a conversation with you and Mike, right. When we were, we were out in, um, in Naples, um, back in Florida and you talk, you guys were both talking about this concept of being just dumb enough to make it happen. Right. You talked about your history in school. You talked about a lot of things and you're like, dude, I'm just too stupid to fail. <laughs> right. And you're just mm -hmm. like, you talked about, about what that means. So what, what does that concept mean to you? And what do you feel like you actually mean by that? Cause you're not a dumb guy. You're extremely bright. And anybody that's been listening to this episode so far and, and how fantastic you are, maybe that's your 300 podcasts, right? But how fantastic <laughs> you are of just getting your thoughts out into the world in a, in a very understandable fashion. What, why do you, why do you feel that way about yourself? First of all, it hasn't always been like that. It's like reps cure all, right? Yeah, Enough repetitions absolutely. does. But um, it, it's funny is there's like the old saying, like the person who actually changes the world is the one that's dumb enough to believe they can do it. There's mm -hmm. do, there's a level of delusion that goes into this game. There is. I mean, think about it, just the statistics. The, the statistics of entrepreneurship are disgusting. Yeah. Um, but then like someone like me or Mike or we're just like, ah, if someone's going to be able to pull it off, I'm going to be able to do it. So mm -hmm. I think there's a level of that, some like just – delusion that like, no, yeah, I'm the seven. I'm, I'm even though logic and statistic are not in the favor, but it's like, for some reason, my punk ass thinks I can do it. So I think there's a level of that. Um, but the other thing is uh, I'm, I'm naturally a little self-deprecative about my education that came up in therapy again today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's cause I'm not like, like when it comes to normal education, dude, I'm fucking not that smart. Um, but what I do know is stuff that I've all had to teach myself or I've had to get in the right rooms and like force it to get into my brain. Mm -hmm. And then when it's there, it's not going anywhere. But, but that's what I think is like, Oh, I'm, I'm just dumb enough to believe I can do it. I think it's, I think it's that, I think it takes a level of delusion to be able to do some crazy stuff, like to be able to, to, to make money, to be able to, to scale something, to be able to do something impactful. I think, it's one of those things you have to have a little bit of delusion to think like, no, out of all, you know, I, I can do it. So for me, that's what it is. It's a level of delusion. So it's so funny that you described it in that way, because the people that have listened to every episode so far are going to be sick of me bringing this back up. But, um, I think it's so like, it's always how I've kind of felt, but Chris Williamson talks about the, the common traits of, 
high achievers. You know, he's he's up to 700 or almost 800 episodes at this point um, on his podcast. But he talks about um, two of the top three most common traits of entrepreneurs are a superiority complex. So you believe that you're destined for more, you're going to achieve more, you can do more. But you also have a undertone of I don't know if I am enough. I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure if that's like in the cards for me. Check. So it's like a, yeah, and, and it's exactly what you just described, right? Without yeah. ever probably hearing me talk about that, whatever, nope. without ever probably hearing Chris talk about it. But I think it's important to bring it up continually because this is how all of my conversations with all the people that I've had on so far have been is like, yeah, I just thought I could do it. I It didn't seem like a risk to me. Like I just did. And so it's so cool to just hear that proven yet again here and exactly without me even prompting you that way you describe the exact same thing yeah yeah man it's 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 one of those things i feel yeah i I feel that exact same way i feel like i don't know where it comes from god uh delusion deeper i don't know like i i I feel like there is something special that i'm supposed to do and i feel like they're on my lowest day of the low days i i almost sometimes wish i feel like i wasn't chosen you know what I mean? When it's like, fuck, why me? Out of all people to like give these crazy ass goals to, why do I have to? Why do I? It's, yeah. it's it, like, why do I have to bear this? Why do I have to be the one? Why do I feel also prison, it's, imprisoned to like this particular path? Yeah. But then all, but it's also a privilege. You know, pressure's a privilege. You know, it's one of those things where, um, if it's up to me, I know I'm going to get the job done. I know I'm reliable. I know mm-hmm. if I'm, if it's up to me, like it's, it's, it's over, you know, yeah. so. Um, okay. Lastly, I want to talk about your podcast, Dieting from the Inside Out. Like I said, 296 episodes in, right? Um, you've been doing this way longer than this was the trend, right? Like way longer than way before Hormozy said on his big event that everyone needs a podcast, right? And then a lot of these <laughs> sprung up. And I was so mad at myself because I've been wanting to do this for like two years. And I just never yeah. actually sat down and did it. And then I saw him talk about that in the event. And I'm like, now whenever I launch one, it's going to look like I am one of the, the Hormozy resulting podcasts that came out. But You're a tourist. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just passing through here, man. That's right. Um, but I want to, I'm curious with you just having so many hours, like you've done your 10,000 hours at this point, man. Like what, who have been your favorite guests? And since quotes are kind of like a big theme that I'm always throwing into to my episodes, what are... What do you, you can answer this in as long or short as you want. What are maybe two of the top quotes or the best quote that you feel like has come off of your podcast so far? Mm. I don't know if I have any like direct quotes like memorized. Um, there, there are so many. There's so a concept many too. If yeah, you feel it, like this was just genius and it, somebody said it on my show. Um, favorite episode to date was Kyle C's. Okay. That, that was, dude, that was a whole mind fuck of you want to talk about from fucking manifesting shit you want to talk about some like energetic stuff where preparation meets opportunity and magic happens it was that episode um and then just pure bliss came out of it so the thing is kyle um have you ever heard of kyle i and you've told me about him before i i, I don't yeah. i've never really consumed his content personally what but just so we can let everyone know what episode of of dieting on the in, from the inside out is that um 245 245 okay so yep, 245. 50 51 episodes ago so you guys check it out that's right that's right, All right so continue so kyle changed my life and never met me kyle's material his content his books his videos literally actually i'll be honest i, I got emotional telling him this on the show um kyle is what gave me permission 
in a weird way to step into the realm I'm in. Wow. Um, like I'm, you want to talk about some like baller shit, bro. Like what he did with his career is what I did here. And the only reason I'm able to do, I was able to step into that with confidence is because I saw Kyle do it. And I'm like, Oh, this is, and it, it came at the right time. And, um, so I was, I was trying to keep it together while telling him this on the show. He might, mind you, Kyle never met me before. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so what happened was Kyle's Kyle's, uh, is in this, this realm of like inner game and all this stuff. Kyle came up at, started as like a stand up comic, went to the top of the spectrum on that, like own, um, his own, com um, special on comedy central, uh, or yeah, I think it was on comedy central, like actor, like all the fame, all of the stuff. And then that became heavy to him. His goal, his dream, he always wanted since he was a kid, ran its course. And he got into the world of transformation, like Tony Robbins style, inner work, yeah. all that. And then he's like, man, I just wish I could do both. I wish that there was a realm of comedy and transformation. But no one's done that. No one's done that. Holy shit. And he ran full force into it. Now this is all he does. Um, and I had the same issue. I've my built my dream of my, my coaching business in the weight loss space. I'm like, cool. Teach people how to like look good naked while eating their favorite foods, like sustainable weight loss. Cool. But I'm like, fuck, it's just feeling heavy. And then mind you for years leading up to this point, I was all about personal development. Like I have a library behind me, like all this yeah. stuff with subconscious patterns and inner work and all this, you know, behavior psychology and all these things. And I'm like, man, I just wish there was a world where both of these came together because we, they have to go together. Then I go, but no one's done that. No one's done that. <laughs> literally the same thing happened. I go, I need to do what Kyle did. And I did it. I literally built my entire program and I systemized all these things that come together with this. Um, and then for completely selfish reasons, I go, I would love to have Kyle on the show. I would love to be able to have a conversation with him. I wanted to, first of all, thank him, but I would love to just pick his brain. And so I emailed his assistant and I'm like, yo, here, and I gave him the synopsis. I'm like, yo, look, here's who I am. I just want to tell you that this is what happened and Kyle changed my life. And I would love to have him come on the show and have a great conversation for my listeners. Um, whether you say yes or no, I just, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. You have no idea. And she goes, Kyle, I'd love to. And I'm like, ha ah, fuck. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're like, and, no, I got to interview him. I got to figure this out. And here's the thing. I had a feeling I had this, and mind you, Kyle is the most like energetically aware person you would ever meet. You want he you can feel that dude from a mile away. He can feel everything. His one true north is the present moment. Whatever the he has no agenda in life. It's just what the present tells him, like that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I had any agenda, I would repel him. So I had a few notes like to keep me on pace. But I had I had a feeling in my gut that either something crazy was going to happen, or nothing was going to happen. Yeah. And I was okay with either option. I'm telling you, bro, it was the best conversation I've ever had with any human I've, wow. in the world. And m literally everything I could, I couldn't have even imagined how, what, what came through of that. Not only was the conversation incredible, not only was um, Kyle and his assistant both said it was one of the best podcasts he's ever been on. Mind you, Kyle Cease has been interviewed by Ed Milet, Tom Bilyeu, Lewis Howes, all the goats. Yeah. And he said, mine was one of the best. You want to talk about imposter syndrome screaming from the rooftops, but I'm like, I'm, I'm about to cry. Like literally listening to this. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, this is my idol telling me all this. Then he wanted my number wants to stay in contact. Then he took, he, he invited me to come to his event VIP. Then he's like, actually, I loved what came through me. Can we put this on my YouTube? We want to shovel people to you. And so then they put my video 
And he literally spent the entire intro talking about how dope I was to his audience. And I'm like, I don't, I couldn't have even dreamt this. Wow. But, but here's the thing. I knew it wouldn't have happened if I went in with like, all right, I got to get him to like me. I got to get him to invite me to a shit. I got to get, no, I go, what is supposed to be will happen. Yeah. And I am just going to be in the moment. And I hardly looked at my notes and it was incredible. It was fucking incredible. Um, it was actually right out a year ago. I just saw the wow. Facebook time hop. Um, that was the best thing that's ever happened. And the biggest thing with Kyle is if you had to answer your question, like what's the best concept that's came from the, like from the show. Um, and it's that it's, it's, it's kind of sums up everything I teach is we have to allow ourselves to feel that's it. That is it. If we do not allow ourselves to feel the, we're going to have to alchemize whatever thing we're going through. If you feel lack, if you do not allow yourself to feel the lack, you are going to have to experience lack out in the real world. Lose everything. If you are scared to gain weight, if you don't like actually allow yourself separately to sit and like feel those feelings, you're going to have to actually go through it in real life and gain the weight back and you're going to have to live your fear. So it, it kind of goes back to can you, how, you know, balancing all of these and holding space. But that, that was the biggest thing is like literally the title of the episode is, um, is breaking egoic connections, addressing your inner darkness. Um, and what was the last part? Oh, and realizing your worthiness is the name of the, sh- of the episode. So it's like, it's, it, uh, it gets deep. It gets fucking yeah. deep. So that's awesome. Everybody, everybody needs to go check that out. I know I certainly will. Um, last question that I asked to everybody, um, being this is the BAM cast is what are you, Jared Hamilton going to accomplish by any means necessary? You know, this is, I have two answers and they're not probably what you would think is, um, and I hate this answer, but I feel like it's what is supposed, it's what should be the answer is what's. The, the, the question is, what am I going to accomplish by any means necessary is what's supposed to happen. I, I have a, that sounds so stupid. I have a tendency to like, kind of like the Kyle stuff, like we were talking about is um, we almost set our sights too specific and then chase versus being okay with what's supposed to happen. And my biggest thing is allowing what's supposed to happen to happen um, and actually letting go of some of that control. That's my biggest project right now. And I am, I have a hard time with that. I am stereotypically a recovering control freak. Yeah. Um, you know, so, cause I find the more that I set, like, I will do this by any means necessary. The universe, God, or whatever is like, that's Last cute. Your plan. That's fucking cute. Yeah. We'll see about that. And then I, you know what I mean? So, um, but if I had to give like the normal answer of like, what are you going to accomplish is, is, is it kind of sounds corny, but like live into my potential. Mm-hmm. It's literally maxing out my potential of what I can do to the fullest it can be becoming that version of myself that, um, that, uh, that, that I'm supposed to be. So I love it, man. Well, I, I think it's kind of a full circle thing with you having the, you know, the struggles with religion at the very beginning of your life and, and through those kind of formative years. And then your, your core answer, the first thing that pops into your head is something that's so faith-based, right? Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I trust that. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really full circle kind of beautiful answer to that. So 
Dude, I absolutely love this conversation. Um, I Likewise. know people will feel the same way. And thank you for just blessing me with your your brain for an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> and dude, I, I it's been an absolute joy to just work with you through AR and and get to, to talk to you and become your friend. And um, I'm very grateful for you. Seriously. Likewise, man. Likewise. I um, one of my favorite things whenever because uh, like we'd were, I, I, I've enjoyed working with you since day one, but um, I felt like things really started to shift even more um, after spending some time with both you and Mike in Naples. Yeah. Um, and, and it was it was it was my highlight of the whole week. I really enjoyed um, getting to like know you guys more than just work. You know what Same I mean? Here. Like the, the business dynamic um, and stuff. So likewise, I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, man. And uh, I hope to have you on here soon again. Yeah, dude. If you made it this far, I just want to express my appreciation and say thank you. I know if you made it this far, you got something extremely valuable out of this episode just listening to Jared talk. And you, just like me, are thinking probably it's no wonder that he's been as successful as he's been inside the industry. If you want to support Jared or find any of his stuff, I've got it all linked down below. And if you want to support me or the show on a deeper level, we've got all that linked below as well. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your year. Happy New Year. And let's crush 2024 together. We've got big plans for the podcast. And the only way that you're not going to miss any of those plans or any of the episodes we've got planned for you is by subscribing if you're watching this on YouTube or following the show if you're listening on any type of audio platform. So make sure you do those two things. And I'll see you guys in the next one.